Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. Company, attention, present, on. You're listening to the Eyes Forward March podcast, a project created by a handful of senior enlisted non-commissioned officers who met while attending a senior leader course where they honed their leadership skills and discovered what networking in the military can accomplish. This podcast expands on those principles. Listen along while the sergeants talk through topics that affect soldiers and leaders alike. They'll share their thoughts and opinions. And of course, have some fun along the way. Relax, heat up your MRE, crack open a cold rippet, and enjoy the show. Order, arms, parade, rest. Sergeants, they're all yours. Welcome to Eyes Forward March. Thank you for reporting. Today is a very special, special day. It's a very special episode because we have the four amigos, the four troublemakers on this one for the first time ever. It took us this long to make it happen. I have Sergeant Bacon, as you know. Sergeant Donut was here on the last episode. And then Sergeant Vegas as we all know, the only one who loves craps more than an NTC Porta John. <laughs> and that's the the dice game, not not what you're thinking. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw something in there. I'm working on something for Sergeant Donut. I don't I man, it's such a hard one to figure out because well, it's Sergeant Donut. He's Duncan, but he ain't dribbling. Oh. Oh. Well, before we get started with this special episode, I have to do a little podcast pimping. And wouldn't you know it, this episode is going to be Smoking and Drinking in Space, also known as Sadus. It's a sci-fi podcast on the CBC, Creative Brain Candy Network, from a couple of guys who think they know sci-fi, but I'm going to tell you I've listened to it and they don't know shit. But you can figure that out for yourself. Right now, they're doing the Summer of Star Trek also known as getting sauced on Sadus. Check it out if you want to. They have over 100 episodes, and the very first episode that I listened to is episode 90. Do you guys know the the movie Wild Wild West with Will Smith? I've seen it. Great movie, right? It's not horrible. What they do on this podcast is something called a pod crawl. And I, I don't know if you ever heard of uh, like the 30 second movie reviews or whatever. I think they have them on some, some radio shows or some YouTube or whatever, where they do a quick synopsis of the movie. It's kind of what pod crawl is, but some of them are really good, especially the one on episode 90 for wild, wild west. And that's kind of where I started enjoying listening to this podcast. So if you like movies, especially sci-fi from long time ago. It's usually nothing too recent. Check it out. So speaking of sci-fi movies, what is your favorite sci-fi movie or TV series? And maybe why? You know what? Does Godzilla count as sci-fi? I mean, is Godzilla real? He could be. You know, I've never been in the uh, the Bay of Japan there, so I, you know, I don't know. 
But I would say I, I would I would say the original Godzilla movies with the little eighteen inch dinosaur guy, you know, and it's so fake. And I I would say for the money, I, and I've honestly I've stayed up on the so it must be because I was on the Sci Fi Channel. I stayed up watching uh, a Godzilla marathon one night, and it was uh, it was epic where he fought Mothra and Ghidra and Mega Godzilla and the whole shooting match. So. I uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Godzilla as my as my uh, favorite sci-fi. Call me a nerd. That's really hard to beat. I mean, Godzilla, even you know the old ones. Man, that's that's gonna be tough. But uh, being a little younger, I'm gonna go ahead and say Interstellar for sure. Interstellar is a good movie. I actually wasn't sure if I was gonna like it, but I did. Yeah, it's really long, which, you know, for a movie like that, it, it can be kind of slow to some people. But I just thought uh, the way everything tied together, I, I mean, and it's in space. So to me, that qualifies sci-fi. Sergeant Donut, what, what about you? I am going to have to go with John Carpenter's The Thing is my personal favorite. I don't know how to explain it. I guess just the, the suspense draws me in. And I really dig the practical effects. I'm not a real huge fan of the CGI and uh, a little bit of a gore hound for my horror movie. So kind of scratches that itch. Well, all three of you chose really good movies and actually makes me want to rethink my choice. But I'm going to just go ahead and stick with it. I'm going to go with Back to the Future. I mean, how many are there? Three? There's three. Yeah, Three of them, right? So uh, a little bit over an hour apiece. That's uh, three plus hours of entertainment. And I, I just... I've never seen anything like it. I, I'm going to go with Back to the Future. All solid choices. <laughs> yeah, which, which one in particular do you like the most? You want to get back to 1985, so. 1985, yeah, that was a great year. I was five. Yeah, I wasn't even thought of yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, well, uh, what a segue going in from smoking and drinking in space to smoking and drinking in the service. I think what we're really talking about is different vices within the service, the differences and how soldiers actually treat those different vices. So let's start off with nicotine. We have in the military a lot of smokers. At least I know that I have a lot of smokers within of cigarettes. Um, that's a very common product within the ranks where I'm at. Um, and it's slowly being overtaken with vape. And one of the things that I noticed is that even though we bulk everything as just a nicotine product is going to fall underneath this set of guidelines, I see a lot of people saying, well, I have to stand 50 feet away from a building or go to the designated smoking area to smoke a cigarette, but a vape is completely different as like chewing tobacco is completely different. So I see a lot of soldiers just sitting on the drill floor, sitting in the classroom, um, trying to hit their vape pen or, or, or spit their, their, their chewing tobacco into a bottle. Do any of you come across this scenario? And, and I mean, what are your feelings? What are your thoughts? How do you handle these situations? Um, you know, we, we, we have the chewers up here. Um, you know, you got, always got somebody running around with a spit cup or a bottle or whatever. You know, as far as vaping, it's been pretty well established at, at our armory that, hey, th that shit doesn't fly. You take that outside, that is, that is treated no different than a cigarette. 
you know, every once in a while, you'll, you'll, you'll try to catch one of the cadets. You know, he's got some flavorless uh, juice or whatever the hell you put in those things, and he's trying to um, get away with it. But, um, you know, the chewers, you know, we try to deter them as uh, as much as we can. You know, we've got some guys that they gut it, which by all means. That's, you, I don't even know how people do that. If you're man enough to gut it, uh, man, you're a bigger man than me. But, yeah, so, I mean, overall, you know, we try – and especially in our state, you know, we try to regulate that as best as we can um, to kind of keep everyone 50 feet from the door and whatnot. So in any training environment, it's only the chew that gets me because it, there's always a bottle left in the truck. There's always a bottle left in my office. There's always a bottle left somewhere in the orderly room. And it's just disgusting. Um, or it goes right into a trash can and then they don't even have the courtesy to take the trash can out when they're done or whatever. So it just sits there and it fucking, excuse me. I don't know. If, are we allowed to curse? I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Yeah. If, if yeah, if I'll probably there's a few words I might edit out, but <laughs> well, yeah, I just, I, I've never had an issue with it. I mean, for some reason, no matter how many times you say it, um, there's still going to be, you know, you're not supposed to, be smoking uh we have tankers so you're not supposed to be smoking out in our motor pool we still fight that battle every drill weekend but most of the problems i have come from the chew inside in the classroom environment and that's just more of a pet peeve not necessarily i don't really care about it from a health perspective i mean the other two basically covered what i was gonna say i mean we don't really have much of a, a smoking issue but I feel like we, for the most part, just kind of turn a blind eye to the people that dip as long as they clean up after themselves. And I honestly don't have too much of a problem on it. So, yeah. I don't necessarily agree that it's treated um, like this very serious habit that kind of has to be coddled in some ways. Like smokers have to have these breaks, right? Or, and, and I know there's no like rule that says that they have to have a smoke break, but it's just, you're consider it's considered that you're not being like a decent uh, leader or whatever, if you're not giving your soldiers time to, hey, you know, go, go take, you know, you can go smoke a cigarette or, you know, you ask a soldier, hey, you know, this needs to get done. And then, all right, let me go smoke a cigarette and then I'll jump on it. I don't know. Alcohol isn't treated like that, right? For people that are alcoholics, right? So if you're addicted to, nicotine then if there's stuff to get done right then uh, you know you should be able to put it down maybe it's just anecdotal for me but i swear some of my best workers have been the guys that smoke two packs a day so i'm always like smoke up real quick and then i know you're gonna get this job done for me so I almost <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i've never had a work ethic problem it's just annoying sometimes that it's like if, if we're waiting to get something done and and uh you know, or, or we're on a convoy and we're trying to leave and, uh, you know, the smokers are still finishing up their little whatever before we jump back in the trucks. It's just like, you know, come on. Uh, but I've never had a problem with work ethic. I agree with you on that. It's just more of the inconvenience to the 75% of the population that isn't smoking. So, yeah, I think the number of cigarette smokers within the ranks is slowly starting to diminish and maybe a percentage of that is being replaced by people vaping 
And I, I, I don't necessarily, I mean, I agree with the smoking areas when you're like very low paced, you don't have a whole lot going on. Where do you go and smoke? But a lot of those smokers, I agree. Why can't they PMCS a truck or a trailer? I mean, I understand fuel and oil and stuff like that, but if that's not a hazard, why can't they smoke a cigarette while they're doing it? But I find it funny how we don't really complain or, or bitch about the cigarette smokers or the vapors compared to the chewers. Because we, I think we all kind of mentioned a pet peeve about chewers, but yet we don't do shit about it. We just kind of let them do their thing. I, I think that's a good point. I mean, it's there's definitely less of a, mic, a magnifying glass on it. It seems like because I don't. It's never a, a hot topic of discussion, at least in around my circles. It's just kind of everyone just accepts the fact that you know, hey, it is what it is. And well, yeah, I'm not breathing in your secondhand smoke. I'm not, you know, I'm not smelling the smoke on your clothes, and I'm not close enough to you to, you to smell the Copenhagen on your breath. So I don't yeah. notice it and I don't care until I see you spit into the garbage and I smell it later or I, I find yeah. your spit bottle lay, or sitting on top of the water fountain. And that might be the bigger issue too is it's one of the three things we're discussing right now doesn't have a, a secondary effect on your peers. So it certainly doesn't isn't going to get as much attention, at least negative attention, because you may not even know that individual is doing it. So that's a good point. Yeah, true. Unless you put like half a can in your lip at a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody's ever died from secondhand shoe either. So <laughs> Not yet anyway. I don't want to meet the person who tries it. I was going to say, you know, like what is Joe secondhand shoe? It's like Joe <laughs> like, Dirt, you know, where he goes to that oil rig and... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> is that a sci-fi movie by any chance? Can somebody claim that one? You know, it I think with the whole mullet thing going into the rock star thing at the end, I mean, that's pretty science fiction, I think. So, <laughs> let's go Joe. You know what? I'm rescinding Godzilla and going with Joe Dirt. Fuck oh, it. All right. Okay, then I'm taking Godzilla from you. Oh, <laughs> the tables are turning. All right. Well, so, I mean, I think we all have like a pretty common ground uh, for the whole nicotine debate. What about the alcohol debate? And so for me, here's my thing with alcohol. It's kind of one of those things like you're in the military. Maybe I'm just old school. Right. So I, I feel like that, you know, when I got in, it was you got to drill. You shook your buddy's hands that you haven't seen for 30 days and you smoked cigarettes, uh, you told stories, and at the end of the day, you drank beer and had more fun, and everybody hooped and hollered and carried on, but there weren't any issues other than you felt like crap the next morning. And now, all of a sudden, it's almost like it's, oh, if, if somebody smells alcohol, uh, there's going to be uh, pillaging and rape, and, 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 and all this other stuff is going to break out. Yeah. So it's almost like shunned, and I don't, I don't get that. I, I think something just as far as alcohol goes, this, I think we've all noticed something similar as to what you just described. Reason being, as transporters, I think that it weighs heavier 
because when we come to drill and when we go to training events, if somebody's hungover, okay, an 88 mic, nine out of 10 times, you're going to be driving big equipment when you come to drill or go to a training event. So it's a bigger deal than your battalion human resources section, you know, who's doing birth month reviews, right? It, so it's, there's a little bit more of an emphasis when it comes to, I think, units like ours. However, I think in general, alcohol has this massive stigma in the military now that it didn't used to have. Uh, I mean, I, you show me one person that doesn't lie on their little PHA form when it talks about how much you drink. <laughs> I can show you a lot of people that will only tell the truth once. <laughs> yeah. No, and honestly, so alcohol, I think, has become kind of the, I don't know, the redheaded stepchild of, of vices because, uh, you know, because of all the sharp and, and EO and everything else, uh, typically a soldier's not going to say or do something to another soldier when they're not under the influence. And, you know, so then they get a little liquored up and, you know, all of a sudden somebody's doing something they shouldn't be doing. I understand that. But can that be contributed to bad leadership? And, and here's why I say this, because where I'm from, we have, and I, I'm sure that you all have an air guard as well. Our air guard post has two bars on post and the army post has zero and the air base has zero instances because they have great leadership and everybody treats everybody as a family member. But for some reason, when it comes to the army side, we have not so great leadership that doesn't look at their uh, peers and their subordinates as family. They look at it as a potential dating service or, or something like that. And I think that's where our problems arise because I argue all the, all I, I, I argue this all the time. Why, if, if I have 20 soldiers that are going to stay overnight during drill weekend, why would I say, Hey, if you want to go have a beer, you have to go out on the town. You have to drive to wherever you're going, get stupid hammer drunk because nobody is saying, hey, let's tone it down. We have this to do tomorrow. And then they come back at 2 o'clock in the morning and they're all stupid and they, they wake up hungover compared to, hey, I think the 20 people, we could go buy a case of beer. We could all have a beer or two. And then we call tonight and we go to bed. Nobody gets stupid. Nobody gets crazy. And you have somebody responsible enough to say, hey, okay, it, this is just a social gathering. That's all it is. I mean, there's no, this is face-to-face. -face. There's no swiping left. There's no swiping right, any of that stuff. It's not an opportunity it, for exactly. you to be stupid. Yeah, no, you're, and you know what? You're probably right. And I would say that, you know, historically, you know, at a lot of our ATs, you know, we, you know, we've set up similar to what you're talking about, like call it a, like a little pub or whatever, um, you know, where everybody just kind of comes over, hangs out in a hooch. And then, you know, you've got one or two people that don't drink or they choose not to drink that night. And they're kind of just looking out for everybody. They're, you know, they're playing big brother or dad or mom or whatever it is. And, uh, 
you know, just kind of making sure that, you know, if somebody's getting a little carried away that somebody else isn't thinking they're going to carry that person away. So, uh, Sergeant Donut, you're in the same time zone that uh, Sergeant Bacon and I are in. I mean, is it the same for you or is it completely different? Um, actually, yeah, I got quite a bit. So I got to try to stay focused and don't forget what I'm talking about. But I kind of have a theory and it kind of ties into it that kind of same thing with parenting, the more that we want to restrict our children and hold them back from all these bad, terrible things, the more they're going to just rebel and go out and just abuse the shit out of it and have zero self-control. And just without getting too much into it, I kind of see it firsthand service members at a disproportionate rate that abuse alcohol and drink and drive and do all these things much more so than the average members of the population. And I know this doesn't really tie into us because we're all in the National Guard, but I know on active duty, a common thing that soldiers do because they don't want to get tied down to additional duties once they get done with their day is as soon as they get done, they go buy a six pack and go to their room. So when first sergeant is looking for somebody, hey, I've been drinking, I can't go back and do any more work. So it almost, in a way our system set up, it promotes this alcoholism within the ranks uh, yeah i i know that uh in in my unit i can think of at least two people right off the top of my head that as soon as it's like, oh we're done for the day okay and yet there's still more stuff to do they'll run back to their office crack open a cold one and they'll continue working it's i mean i, I don't know if that's a guard thing that they you know i'm done for the day but i still have more stuff to do I'm going to have a beer while I do it. Yeah. I wish it was that, uh, that lax over here. It, when I first got in, um, which I know was like five <laughs> minutes ago, um, the coffee's still, you know, warm. but when I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, in all honesty though, I mean, I know, uh, I had, I one month away from my 10 year anniversary and I have seen a significant amount of, organizational change in the army from what I saw when I came in in 2010. And I think that I forget who brought up this point, but you know, the more you try to restrict it, you know, the, um, the more it becomes an issue. Right. Uh, and it's to the point now where we used to have holiday parties and, alcohol we wear our asus because uh, correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure the only uniform you can drink in is your dress blues uh, yes i don't i i don't know if that's written anywhere uh and i and the only reason why i say that is because i've been to fort mccoy several times and uh i've been to the fort mccoy pub several times in my many years and there's always mm -hmm. people that are assigned to that post that they get off of work or they're done with their duty day, they show up in uniform and they have a beer. I, I was always under the impression that in your duty uniform with a meal, you're allowed to have an alcoholic beverage. Yeah, one. Mm, that's weird. Yeah, I don't. The the rumor mill then is crazy because I I've heard like so many different policies, um, different ones than you guys have have heard. But anyhow, we used to have holiday parties and alcohol was an accepted part of the deal. The unit fund would pay for an open bar for that evening. 
And now it's at the point where last. I want to be part of your unit. <laughs> well, the last December we had our unit Christmas party at one of the casino properties out here. And um, in order for us to have any alcoholic beverages, it wasn't enough. We tried saying, hey, we're not even going to pay for an open bar. But if service members would like to purchase their own drinks, we're not going to stop them. And they said, no, absolutely not. And it seemed so trivial, but on our training schedule and uh, in practice, we literally had to hold a final formation and safety brief and release the soldiers and uh, in the training schedule show that we were done and it was not a requirement, not a mandatory requirement that they attend this holiday party. So that was the workaround is that we had to make it an optional event, which you, you already know how that goes. Optional nudge, nudge, wink, wink. You're, you're fucking going. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's, it, that all boils down to risk mitigation and who's willing to accept what risk and all that other good stuff. I mean, we do that mm -hmm. anytime, any, anytime two beer limit my ass, right? Like what do you, and I point this out every time that I do a substance abuse class is that, it's a two beer limit, but the size of the beer is never, never specified. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, you say two beer limit, but that doesn't include any grog. <laughs> the grog. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you that whole thing was damn near empty. We didn't even have enough almost. I, I think we had maybe a shot glass worth that we could save for next That's year. That's crazy. I mean, it was, yeah, dude, people were drinking it out of boots. And Did stuff. you throw the sock pants. in there? we threw a lot of shit in there dude and the uh the bartenders for the event were pretty upset because once the grog came out no one ordered any drinks and they weren't getting any tips i can but, see that so we'll yeah we'll never go back to that venue again we ruined it but. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> how do we ruin an entire venue I, I could i could tell a couple grog stories but you did bring up an interesting point about how you were having your um, I don't know for, we'll just call it your holiday party at a casino type venue. So where I'm from, we've talked about doing that because we have a casino close to the main post, but it's, we never do it because we don't want our members that are in uniform to wander off up to the main level from the venue to the casino floor and start gambling and drinking and running amok on the casino floor, because that's just not, that's not an image that we want to portray. Yes. And that was an issue that was discussed. Uh, and we actually, that was one of the many things that I had to put it in our, you know, risk assessments. <laughs> uh, but kind of the way that we mitigated that is the ballroom area that we booked was at the top of the tower. And of course the casino floor is at the bottom. So once everyone is up there drinking, it's a significant walk. Even once you go down the elevator to get back to the casino floor. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the way that we mitigated it. And when I say casino property, I, I don't want to give the impression that it was right there next to the tables. Um, it was its own little separate area with a bar at each end and a dance floor and just a bunch of tables. Um, but you're absolutely right to be concerned about that. 
and I, I'm pretty sure, I mean, I didn't keep a head count, but I'm pretty sure we did have some soldiers run off. You're always going to have that. Right. There's there's always Joes that are going to do the wrong thing, So and Joannes, I guess, soldiers that are going to do the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sergeants, thanks for giving us a listen. I just want to give out a friendly reminder that Eyes Forward March is, in fact, recorded once a month. 45 minutes to an hour and 15, somewhere in there. It's about all the time we have since we have very busy, busy lives. But we still want to provide you with content. So we've divided our episode into two parts, Alpha and Bravo. Approximately 30 minutes each, just long enough for you to enjoy on your ride to or from work. Until next time, eyes forward, march. They're all yours, First Sergeant. Thank you, Sergeant. Comedy. Attention. Dismissed.